Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, what a week it's been here in Cleveland. There, Of course, we're in the aftermath of the first presidential debate. And then on Friday, it became known that President Trump and First Lady Trump had come down with coronavirus. And uh, he was uh, issued into the, admitted into the hospital and, uh, of course, received treatment. But then the president, within just a few days, almost 72 hours, left Walter Reed Hospital back to the White House, and he had this message for the American people. I just left Walter Reed Medical Center, and it's really something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders, and I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment, we have the best medicines, all developed recently, and you're going to beat it. I went, I didn't feel so good, and two days ago, I could have left two days ago, two days ago I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. We have the greatest country in the world. We're going back, we're going back to work, we're going to be out front. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk, there's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better, and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there. Be careful. We have the best medicines in the world, and it all happened very shortly, and they're all getting approved. And the vaccines are coming momentarily. Thank you very much. And Walter Reed, what a group of people. Thank you very much. Well, we are so glad that the president is doing so much better. Of course, uh, well wishes and prayers were pouring in as they heard that President Trump was uh, diagnosed, uh, test positive for coronavirus, along with Melania Trump and some other White House staff. But since that time, the president is back to the White House He is recovering, and he has received treatment, and, of course, that's good news. Many experts have said that now that this far into the pandemic, the virus has mutated. It may be more infectious, but it is not as lethal as it was in the first rounds back in February and March and April of this year. That's good news. And, of course, the medical uh, society is getting in front of the disease, and uh, treatments are much better at hospitals. Hospitalizations are down. Certainly, ICUs are down. And, and the good news is deaths are down. But again, still taking precautions as uh, we go forward, and uh, we're thankful for that. Well, also, we want to tell you that early voting has begun here in the state of Ohio. The uh, uh, voter registration deadline passed on Monday night, and the Secretary of State's office indicated that there was 59 visitors to their online voter registration uh, platform from Sunday to Monday night, 59,000. And 2 million Ohioans have requested an application for absentee ballot. That puts us at about 25% of the 
registered voters of Ohio will be voting absentee. Now, if you did request an application for absentee ballot, it will be coming to you in the mail this week, and uh, you can actually monitor it at your Board of Elections website. Also visit our website for the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide and also a link to track your ballot. You goes, It takes you to the Boards of Election uh, website, and uh, you click on that, and then you can put in your own name, and you can actually see your voting record. You can see your voting registration status and, of course, the process of your application for absentee ballot. That can all be obtained on our website and the Secretary of State's website as well is what we're linking to. We'll have information, of course, on candidates with our Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide and iVoterGuide.com as well will be on the website as a link for information for you. Well, again, we're 27 days out from the election, and of course, uh, lots of us, most of us, will be voting on Election Day. Good news there as well as poll worker recruitment. The Secretary of State worked with organizations like the Ohio Christian Alliance. We worked with the Secretary of State to recruit new poll workers across the state, and some of our elderly are still taking some of the precautions of social distancing uh, due to COVID-19. Therefore, younger, abler, uh, folks uh, are volunteering their time or going to sign up to be poll workers across the state. And the good news is we will be having an in-person election on November 3rd. Uh, so, again, I want to say to you as well, if you received an application for absentee ballot, you get in the mail. One of the things, if you don't trust the U.S. mail, you can actually drop it off at the Board of Elections. You just go up there, and there is a drop box in front of the Board of Elections. There's a drop box area that you can uh, drop off your ballot. That's a good way to make sure that your vote is going to count. Well, we're going to continue our candidate spotlight, this time on Ohio House District 99, which is in Ashtabula in parts of Geauga County. And the Republican candidate uh, this year is Sarah Fowler-Arthur, and you know her as Sarah Fowler. She has served on the state school board for a number of years, and she is now running for state representative uh, for the 99th Ohio House District. She got married in April, so her name is now Sarah Fowler Arthur. Let's welcome her to the program. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Thank you for having me. And, yeah, I, I was excited that uh, we were able to come down to the Ohio Christian Alliance banquet um, back, I forget if that was in July, and it was one of the first public events that uh, my husband was able to accompany me to. So many of uh, our supporters, our mutual friends, um, did get to meet Isaac that evening. And we are moving forward one, one step at a time. It was a joy to have you with us that night. And, of course, we featured the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrim's Landing with our good friend Paul Jaley, pastor and historian from Plymouth Rock, uh, Massachusetts and the Plymouth Rock Foundation. And then just last week, the September 26th marks the 400th anniversary that the Pilgrims set sail from England. And of course, then it took a few months to get here to the New England shores through many storms. And as we know, those hurricanes move up the coast and then out into the North Atlantic, and they went through all of that. But God brought them through, and here we are 400 years later, and, uh, of course, we celebrate our religious liberty with the Pilgrim's Landing. We're so glad you were able to be with us that night. And so, Sarah, as you're running for the State House of Representative in the 99th District, you've served on the State School Board for a number of years. Tell us why you're running for the Ohio House of Representatives. Thank you, Chris. I'm running for several reasons, actually. Um, one, because I believe that it is important to have a voice as a 
conservative in the Ohio legislature. And regardless of what district that you are in, it definitely is helpful to have more people there. I think we saw that as a State Board of Education member, um, you need the vote. And we saw that in 2018 as well. And I think that was one of the things that really uh, motivated me to run for Ohio House was the heartbeat bill came up for a vote and it failed to pass by just one vote. And I think that that really underscores for me the need to have people in the legislature who will vote with us on issues of the family, life, preserving our freedoms and our rights, and making sure that um, not only are they there to hold the line against poor legislation, but that when we have positive things that we want passed, that we need to have the votes to make sure that that can happen. So I hope to continue working on education policy, pushing back against Common Core, pushing for uh, reduced state testing mandates and things of that nature. But I also look forward to continuing to represent issues of the family and the Christian community as a whole, uh, as a legislative member, should I be elected. Well, that's right. And in Ohio and with the state legislatures, the abortion issue is going to become even more front and center due to the fact that there is another appointment to the to the U.S. Supreme Court. And if confirmed, uh, that would put enough votes on the court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Should that happen, it will be thrown back to the states. Ohio has already passed a heartbeat bill, but there will need to be some legislative work done that will literally ban abortion in Ohio if Ohio is supposed to is going to be a protective state of the unborn there's going to be some legislative work involved in that now we know in the state of New York unfortunately this last year and really gruesomely we saw them cheering uh, abortion legal through their state legislature unto the ninth month uh, but in Ohio we have passed a heartbeat bill which is now currently challenged in court but if the court overturns Roe v. Wade, how do you see your role playing out protecting the unborn at the state legislature? Well, Chris, I think this really underscores two things. One, that we are a nation governed by the people, and it, it really matters who we elect to the legislative branch because we have the authority to make laws pertaining to life and death in both good and bad situations. And so I think that uh, as a legislative member, that may definitely come into play should the issue uh, return from the court back to the legislative branch. It also underscores the importance of our election of our judges. And we have a lot of Ohio Supreme Court judges, uh, too, I believe, uh, Justice French and Justice Kennedy, up for re-election this fall as well. and. With issues like this, it's important to have constitutionalist judges and every opportunity that we get to make sure that they will be looking at what the law says and not interpreting it to fit their own personal goals and agendas is very critical to making sure that justice is served. Legislation protecting pastors and churches from civil discrimination, um, what's called the Pastors Protection Act, as we've seen uh, the LGBTQ special interest groups moving in Ohio from different municipalities and even counties like Cuyahoga County, passing um, 
LGBTQ special protection rights. Now, on the state level, this is not a law. And uh, because it comes with so many trappings, including public accommodation, which would allow members of the opposite sex to use the bathrooms, showers, locker rooms, and athletic programs of their choice, uh, that has not been enacted on the, on the state level, although that bill has been introduced in the Ohio House, and for the first time, having a Democrat and Republican sponsor. What is your position on legislation that would protect pastors and churches from civil discrimination or the Pastors Protection Act because of their religious beliefs? Yeah, I am a strong proponent of protecting our religious freedoms. I mean, that is a critical part of the First Amendment in our Constitution and our Bill of Rights, and I believe that we need to follow the Constitution. That's what we have it for, is protecting everyone's rights. And uh, perhaps contrary to how this bill has been represented in the past, it's not really about um, curtailing freedoms. It's about protecting the freedoms that we already enjoy. And it is also about making sure that in our zeal to protect some, that we don't overreach and step on a very important freedom, which is the religious freedom. Uh, that goes for the pastors, it goes for their parishioners, the ability to live out what we believe on a day-to-day basis, and to make sure that everyone's rights are respected, which is the constitutional intent, and that we do not have the government picking and choosing um, which faith may um, succeed and those which must be shut down. So uh, it's a very important issue coming into the uh, new General Assembly. As you served as a state school board member over the last number of years, you have advocated for the strengthening of curriculum that teaches the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Ohio Constitution, and our founding documents in the Ohio classroom, and fought against efforts by the state school board to diminish the time in the classroom in that subject. There's going to be a lot of challenges. The president himself has launched the 1776 project. And, of course, on the left, there's the 1619 project that basically says that uh, America is systemically racist from its beginning and really tries to rewrite our history. How would you address those issues as a state legislature? Hmm. Well, as a state board of education member, I can tell you that, uh, unfortunately, the State Board of Education passed in July uh, Resolution 20, which did affirm the 1619 project on the State Board of Education website, and I voted against that, along with the suggestion that uh, all of America is systemically racist and full of white supremacy. Um, We have the privilege of being one of the freest nations in the world. And we also have the privilege of having the purest ideal that all men are created equal. And while we may not always have lived up to that, it definitely is our goal to strive toward that and to become better at that. And I think that as we move forward with any legislation regarding history curriculum or expectations for students to learn, that we do have to go back and look at our history and make sure that we are accurately teaching all of the facts, good and bad. And I know that the proponents of each of those projects believe that they are representing it completely and accurately, but 
we need to make sure and vet it thoroughly through scholarly works because the future of our nation and the future of our children is going to rely on what they are taught about our past. And I think it's very important that we we aim for accuracy and that we make sure that we learn from both the good and the bad so that we can do better going forward. We're talking with Sarah Fowler, Arthur. She is a candidate for the 99th Ohio House District, which covers portions of Ashtabula and Geauga County. She will be on the November ballot. She is running as a Republican. And uh, what is the website where people can learn more about your candidacy, Sarah? It is electsarahfowler.com, elect Sarah with an H, Fowler, F-O-W-L-E-R.com. And they can also look me up on Facebook at SarahOhioEDU7. We are hearing a lot of reports into our office at the Ohio Christian Alliance that the uh, public school system and different districts across the state are pushing more of a liberal leftist agenda, actually an indoctrination of our children, even in the primary uh, elementary school level, on homosexuality, on sexualization. In fact, there was breaking news this afternoon that Netflix, that's the movie channel, was uh, indicted on uh, sexual exploitation of children and human uh, with a recent program that they ran called Cuties, uh, which exploited uh, young children sexually, and uh, they've been indicted. So that's good news. But yet what we're hearing with different uh, parents and teachers across the state that there has been a more aggressive agenda by leftists and who are really just teaching a form of propaganda when it comes to uh, our children and uh, LGBTQ and uh, these kinds of things. What is your thoughts on that uh, as a state school board member and as a candidate for state office? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel that elementary and middle school age students especially are barraged on every side in our current culture. and. I have always advocated that parents are in the best role to determine what is appropriate for their child to be exposed to and at what age, because they understand the maturity and the ability of their uh, child to deal with uh, the many things that are around us and exposed to young children. I have uh, hosted some of those meetings on uh, comprehensive sexuality education for parents so that they can be aware of what is taking place in the curriculum and have the option of opting out. Uh, The state law currently allows parents to opt out. There's also been some discussion around whether or not uh, a better phrasing would be for parents to opt in uh, if that is something that they would prefer that the school handles for them. I believe that in my conversation, many parents prefer to have uh, the option of opting in and to make sure that their child is not receiving information that they have not previously vetted and uh, approved for their maturity. I want to move on to some economic issues. Ohio, of course, was, uh, like the rest of the nation, experiencing a rebound with our economy, maybe lagging da- lagging behind some other areas of the country uh, with the uh, uh, rebound that we had seen in recent years with the better economy that, quite honestly, President Trump was uh, instrumental in implementing 
and uh, the Congress working with him, we were seeing a rebound until COVID-19. Then, of course, the economy was thrown into a tailspin with closures all over the state of Ohio with small businesses. And now, months later, many of these businesses will not reopen. Many of them are still struggling. Uh, that means uh, tax revenue into the state treasury is down. Uh, the, the governor talked about having to spend the two-point-some billion-dollar rainy day fund. Uh, so when we look at that, uh, you know, it looks like that may even be depleted when it's ended. Uh, would you know? Then the suggestion would be raising state income taxes or income tax rates. What would be your position on raising taxes in Ohio to try to fill the gap? Well, Chris, I think that history has shown us that raising taxes rarely benefits families and small businesses. Uh, it it is uh, much better, in my opinion, to have a policy to encourage growth and to reduce the taxes as much as we can, to reduce burdensome regulation, and we should look at cutting expenditures first, not um, not at raising taxes to cover all of these uh, discrepancies. I think one of the areas of concern that has been brought to my attention was around the unemployment fund. As you know, the state has been operating in a deficit since the second week of June, and we continue to make unemployment payments, but this is uh, based upon the fact that we've been borrowing money from the federal government that we are going to have a principal and interest payment on, and I think that that is going to be one of the biggest challenges facing the incoming legislative members is how to balance our budget and make sure that uh, we create as the best possible environment for families and small businesses and businesses in general in Ohio to succeed and not to be snuffed out. And unfortunately, one of the consequences of the policies this spring was the the loss of many local businesses that have closed their doors and will not be able to reopen. Well, that's right. We're going to have to wait and see what happens here with the economy in the next couple of months. We're talking with Sarah Fowler, author, who is a candidate for the 99th Ohio House District. Sarah, what is your website again for people to learn more about your candidacy? Thank you. It's electsarahfowler.com. That's elect, Sarah with an H, Fowler, F-O-W-L-E-R.com. And I am also on Facebook, Sarah Ohio E-D-U. Seven. It's, and that's a little asterisk after, after my name, and we'd be happy to have you look us up or to reach out to us on the web. Thank you for being my guest today, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. We appreciate it. Thank you for all that you do to stay informed on issues of the Constitution and faith in Ohio. Thank you so much. And again, you're listening to News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. The Ohio Christian Alliance doesn't endorse or support any political party or candidate, but we provide these candidate forms for educational purposes. You can learn more about uh, the Ohio Christian Alliance at our website at ohioca.org. You can also obtain the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide. You can click and print it out. It's six pages, and it will cover the race. In fact, the 99th Ohio House District as well is covered in there. And that's the Ohio Christian Alliance website and our voter guide. To learn more... Uh, Visit us at our website or phone us at 330-887-1922. Thank you for listening. God bless.
Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We have just three Sundays left to conduct a Citizenship Sunday voter registration effort at your church. Uh, that would be this Sunday, September 20th, and then the 27th, and then the final Sunday of October 4th, before the Tuesday deadline of October 5th, which is the voter registration deadline. And so that's if you want to um, participate in this uh, general election of November 3rd, you need to be registered. And of course, if you're already registered, no need to worry there. You can actually always check the status of your registration at your local Board of Elections website. That link is available at the Ohio Christian Alliance website at ohioca.org. We also have some other helpful information there. Uh, In fact, you can go to, if you need to update your voter registration, uh, if you've moved in the last uh, year or so, and or you just uh, or have never registered vote, you can do so at voteohio.gov. That's the Secretary of State's online voter registration portal. Again, that's voteohio.gov. But to check the status of your voter registration, uh, go to your local Board of Elections website, just key in your name and uh, your address, and you'll be able to see uh, actually your voting record as well. And you might want to check that. Um, in fact, uh, so if you've cast a ballot in the last uh, a few years, you'll be able to see your tr- uh, tracking record there. So let's talk a little bit about voter um, 
vote by mail. In fact, it is projected that upwards of 40% of Ohioans will vote by mail. That's historic levels for a general election uh, this election due to COVID-19. Some people still taking precautions and have chosen to vote by mail uh, rather than go to the polls. But the polls will be open. We will have in-person voting, and Secretary of State Frank LaRose is a, assured us of that. We have helped him to recruit poll workers around the state of Ohio. Poll workers are still needed in Cuyahoga County. If you'd like to be a poll worker, uh, you just contact the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections and let them know that you're willing to work the polls on November 3rd. Of course, that's a way to carry out your civic responsibility and duty in helping us to have a fair and balanced election. Again, that's at the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections. Uh, from last count, I think they were uh, needing uh, actually about 1,500 people or more for to work the polls in Cuyahoga County. But again, voter registration, Citizenship Sunday. How do you do one? Well, just go to our website at ohioca.org. Click on the icon on the top, and a uh, kit will open. Basically, you can print that off, which includes a voter registration form, an application for absentee ballot, and a voter guide request form for your church. Uh, and you can put in there and fill it out and fax it back to us or email it to us and uh, let us know how many voter guides you would like for your church. Again, these are nonpartisan. Uh, we basically uh, put in the voter guide the responses from the surveys that candidates have been mailed, and they respond back to us on their positions on life, uh, on First Amendment issues, on national defense, on taxes, on issues of the family, all in the Ohio Christian Alliance Educational Voter Guide. We do not endorse political parties or candidates, but we do provide helpful information to help you understand where the candidates stand on key moral issues. And again, that's available to our website as well. The voter guide will be available the first week of October. So again, if you'd like to have a voter guide or if you'd like to have some for your church, and you can contact us through our website at ohioca.org. One of the things that we like to do at the Ohio Christian Alliance is provide opportunities for you to hear from the candidates themselves. In fact, uh, we conduct uh, candidate forums through the years. We've had candidate forums on the air and also in person across the state of Ohio. And so what we're doing is taking this opportunity on News and Focus, and you'll be hearing from some of the candidates in the next few weeks. So with our candidate focus today, we're going to be talking to Laverne Gore. She is running for Congress in the 11th Congressional District, and that uh, runs through parts of Cuyahoga County and into Summit County. That's the 11th Congressional District. She's running as a Republican. She won the primary, and she will be on the ballot in November. Laverne's with us on the phone right now. We're going to talk to her about her candidacy and some of the issues that she's running on. Laverne, welcome to the program. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good to Very good. Good to have you on. And I know that you're busy uh, working the campaign. Tell us a little bit about what it's like getting out and meeting with the folks. Oh, my goodness. You know, this is probably one of the most unusual elections that I've ever seen. You know, we have the COVID-19, and we also have a bit of um, unrest in our country. And so many people are wanting to talk about those kinds of things, you know, the protests that are going on across the country. We are, people are very concerned about the police department and the effects of the cries for defunding. Uh, there's a lot going on, Chris. There's an awful lot going on. Uh, America has got a lot of uh, interesting dynamics that it's being faced with currently. 
I believe. Well, you was you know it was a, a politician some time ago who said all politics is local, and of course uh, when you're running for Congress, people think about well you're you'll be serving in Washington D.C., but it really all goes back to your district, to the people in the communities of which you represent and you serve. Now you've been a local person for a number of years, engaged and in, involved in the local level, and a host of ways in which you've interacted with your community and served your community. Let's talk about that a little bit about. Uh, just the local issues that you look to represent the people of the 11th well, Congressional yeah, District. The 11th Congressional District is uh, it, its a very interesting district. And as, you told, as you just told your listeners, it runs from Cuyahoga County across into Summit County. It's a minority-majority district, uh, and that means that, you know, the larger percentage of the voter base is uh, African-American or minority. Uh, it's an interesting district in that we happen to be the second poorest district in America. And when I say that, that means that we have a lot of public housing. We have a lot of, uh, we have heavy infant mortality. Uh, we've got some issues here in District 11. But we also have some really good things. We have the Cleveland Clinic. We have university hospitals. We have all those things as well. But for the basic problems that are happening within my district, or the concerns, I should say, is the 11th district, we have, as I mentioned before, we have crime. We have crime. We have poverty. Um, I think the biggest issue is, and not the biggest, but we have illiteracy also. We have illiteracy. And when you have illiteracy, you have high unemployment. You know, because if you can't read and write and you have those kinds of problems understanding, uh, then you have high unemployment. So we've got a lot of the major problems that are facing uh, the country as a whole. My One of the things that I like to do is we, uh, we have a group that I well, am still, I guess, the executive director of, it's called the Ohio Diversity Coalition. And our Ohio Diversity Coalition, you know, we prepared food baskets, we do clothing drives, and we've done this for a number of years. We fund and support children's libraries. Uh, that's been my biggest thrust, the children's library, the clothing drive, and the food drive. Now, these food drives and clothing drives and funding the children's library have been going on for not just this year, but we're talking about the last 15 years. So the things that we're seeing now that are very prevalent in other uh, group populations uh, across the county have always been prevalent here in District 11. And we, as a group, and we have Republicans and we have conservative Christians of all walks of life that have come together to help support the community as a whole. Uh, most of our base is comprised of Republicans, and, but that doesn't say that we don't get a lot of help from other groups as well. And we come from all denominations across God's rainbow. Uh, I think that I'm most excited because I think we've done some good. We've supported, you know, uh, West Point Military Academy, and we've done drives to get, you know, a, a minority membership up into the uh, military services. We, gosh, Chris, we've been busy. We've been extremely busy trying to help. Uh, sometimes you don't know if the Lord gives you the strength sometimes to do as much as you want to do. But I think that we've been very, very capable and very concerned about what's been happening in District 11. 
And when I say the Ohio Diversity Coalition, we don't just do it here for the 11th district. We've been doing, I live personally in the 11th district, but we've been doing it across uh, Cuyahoga County is our main thrust. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we have voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote. We're talking with Laverne Gore. She is a candidate for the 11th Congressional District, and she will be on your ballot on November 3rd. And, of course, early voting starts uh, on October 6th for those of you that will be uh, voting by mail and that have applied for an application for absentee ballot. Let's talk about that for a minute. Laverne, uh, this is going to be a different election in that way. Of course, there will be in-person voting as people will take the opportunity to vote early at uh, voting locations that the Board of Elections will set up in Cuyahoga County. Also, of course, voting on Election Day, November 3rd, as which I always uh, love to do, of course, a traditionalist. Yeah, I like uh, to but, do in person. But the opportunity yeah. for application for absentee ballot is there as well. So let's talk about that. Uh, what do you see in your district as far as how people are concerned still about COVID and getting out and mixing uh, in larger groups and or uh, voting by mail? I think the bigger concerns are coming from the senior population. You know, those people that are most affected by COVID, if, you know, they're the, the target group, uh, if you will, allow that word. They are saying that they don't want to come to the polls. They're saying that they want to do the absentee ballots. And many of them have polling places inside of their buildings, you know, especially in the public housing senior building, building they are going to be voting absentee. I think the absentee ballot and the absentee voter participation, as you said, it's, it's up 40%. I really believe that a large part of how we're going to elect uh, the future leaders of our country is going to be done in the mail. Um, there, there was an update uh, from uh, Columbus on this, and some people were saying, uh, once I fill out my ballot, once I receive it in the mail from the Board of Elections and uh, put it in its envelope, how much postage do I put on? Well, normally you would put one stamp. But, folks, we would like to say, hey, just to make it sure, you know that envelope, you really want to make sure it's getting to where it's going. 
throw a diff- throw another stamp on there. Put two stamps yeah, on please. the envelope to send it back in just to make sure it won't be postage paid. You will have to put two stamps on your envelope. We just want to make sure of that. But, Laverne, back to your point, I think you're right that the senior housing and in your district there's going to be a high percentage of those that will vote by mail. Yeah. And, uh, again, it's pretty simple. It's the same ballot you would get when you go in to vote at the polls or when you voted early. And uh, just make sure that you fill it out, put it in the mail, and then you can even track it online at the Board of Elections website as well. And, Chris, maybe one thing we could tell them, and I just found this out recently, if you request an absentee ballot and you decide to go in to vote, they're going to give you a provisional ballot. If you request an absentee ballot and decide that you want to go in and vote, you will receive a provisional ballot because you've already requested one and one is coming to you. So it's right. very difficult. Once you start down the road of an absentee ballot, it's best to, you know, if you can, continue that road. Because otherwise, when you get to the polling, they're going to know that you, re- you you requested that absentee ballot, which I think is a great thing to know that you, if that can be, you don't say, oh, I want a provisional ballot. Well, no, because you requested one. And now the Board of Elections has you down as having requested the ballot. I think this is going to go smoothly. Frank LaRose was at a, uh, a meeting that I was at down in Columbus, and he is very, very confident. It sounds like he has a great team. He's aware of the problems that and the problems and the issues that can come as a result of this increased number. I, I think he has this under control. I believe that people can feel comfortable doing this. Well, that's a good thing that you said, because even in recent elections, in general elections, we've had upwards of 30 percent of people that have voted by mail. So we're talking just another tick of like 40%. It will be historic levels, uh, but again, the majority of people will vote in person. But I'd like to move on to some of the issues that you're running on. Uh, You have on your website creating jobs. Now, of course, with COVID-19, the economy was actually doing pretty well. In fact, um, during uh, President Trump's term, uh, unemployment for uh, minority groups of African-Americans, Latinos, and women yes. uh, were at historic levels. We're talking about unemployment uh, levels. In fact, so the job creation for minorities during the Trump administration was very good. So talk yes. to us about that as uh, the president's talked about rebounding right now. Talk to oh us about um, getting uh, that economy going again and, and creating jobs in your district. Now, you know, you know, I'm a Republican, right? So I can brag a little bit about the president. If you don't mind, you'll stop me if I go too far. Uh, before COVID, we had one of the best post. There is no war. He did this in the black community and in the uh, in the urban community. Everybody was working. It was an incredible thing to see. It was incredible. People were living their lives. They were purchasing things. I can tell you, the spirit of America was so exciting during that time. And it, 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 it was incredible. People were telling me, Mrs. Gore, you know, I, I help people fill out resumes to get them jobs. Everyone was working, Chris. I've never seen anything like this. I know people don't give the president as much credit as he deserves, but Chris, everyone was working. 
I am not kidding you. And not only were they working, they were, they were participating in the economy. You know, they were buying homes. They were buying cars. It, it, it almost seems like it was a dream from long ago, but it was really just in March that I saw all these things happening. I saw young people working. I saw people that hadn't been employed in years were telling me now they have a job, Mrs. Gore. I was like, you're kidding me. I mean, people coming out of college were working. I know this doesn't sound real to you based on where we are now, but it's true, Chris. The minority community was working. We were doing well. People were taking care of their families. Uh, you saw the decrease of uh, public assistance. You saw that. All of that was happening in President Trump's economy. It was, Chris. It's not, I'm not fabricating. You know I have this big tattoo on my body. I'm an African-American. I am telling you, it's the truth. We had a resounding economy. The country was moving. People were doing things that they hadn't done in years. Because, you know, before that, we had quite a recession. Trump came into our lives. He accepted the role of leadership, and he did great things, as he is doing now. You know, he, he really is. The economy is not doing bad, badly right now. It's not. The economy in the 11th District, it might be doing a little bad because we're in Cleveland, and there's some other things that have to happen here. We have to get our people educated. We have to get them embracing technology, as the president has said. He is saying that we can educate the children. And we can use, again, we can use choice to educate your children. And he has made those arrangements for us. And Chris, I am not tooting his horn. I, I am not trying to take this time and do a commercial for Trump. Don't think that. It's the truth. It's the truth. We're talking with Laverne Gore. Again, she's a uh, candidate for the 11th Congressional District. And Laverne, I want to talk to you about uh, reforming education. You talked about the key of education, that if uh, the high illiteracy mm -hmm. rate within your district, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you can't fill out an application for employment. You can't really uh, work uh, just some of the simple traits if you are illiterate. And illiteracy rates are high in your district. How do you uh, plan on tackling that as a member of Congress? I think as a member of Congress, we have to continue to push for the parental responsibility in education, and that's called school choice. Uh, I believe that if you have a choice in how your children are educated, and I don't think it's bad for the public school system. I think competition is good. You know, a competitive-based educational system, I think, will be good for the children. It will be good for the country. It'll be good for the 11th district because it'll make everybody work harder to achieve the goal that we need. There is no reason why we should not have fair and equitable educational pursuits and availability for all people. And that's something across the 11th district as well. We have to implement a program that says, as the, pres I mean, as the president has said to us, that allows people to be active participants in their children's education. Because there are a lot of things. My children went to, I'm a product of the Cleveland Public Schools. And I got a fine education, but that was some years ago. Uh, as I've told many people, I graduated John Adams High School, went to Alexander Hamilton, and my mom and dad were very much involved in making sure that our educational pursuits were done well. I went on to college. I went on and got my master's degree in public health. 
then I pursued my additional master's in education. So I'm not just talking to you about things that I hope for the district. I am talking to the things that I've been trained to assess. I have a master's in education and I have a master's in public health. My children were Catholic, so we went to, my children went to Catholic schools and they went to private schools, but I can tell you those were choices. Those were choices. But when I graduated Cleveland Public School, they were 25th in the nation. 25th in the nation. It is not my responsibility to, it's, it's the administration of the public school system to maintain the standards. And if they don't think those standards are appropriate, then we have to evolve and take care of our children. And I think that's any parental responsibility. As I said, I went to the public school systems and I got a fine education. But I know here alone in Cleveland, we have a D, a rating for a public school. Wouldn't it be great if we had other choices and we could offer our children those types of choices to make sure that they succeed in life? Because this is going to be a very competitive world. And you know that. Well, some of those choices include in education, vocational training that has been a buzzword in the last few years with vocational training. Let me explain that um, a lot of uh, school systems now, rather than slating children for college, which is good, not everyone needs to go to college, but vocational training of becoming an electrician, become a plumber, uh, become uh, a roofer or a contractor. These are the kinds of trade programs, yes. actually, that are currently Absolutely. underway in a lot of schools. Uh, what What is your position on vocational training? Well, you know, as I told you, when I graduated to Cleveland Public Schools, we had vocational training schools that were outlined for that. I can just say to you, I needed a plumber the other day, and it took me two weeks to get an appointment. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a real need in the vocations right now. There's a lot of retirements going on, so the, the need is great, yeah. Yes, and the, the income ratio. I think I read an article in the Wall Street Journal. You can make six figures being an electrician. $160,000 is what a master electrician makes. So it's not just college. And there's nothing wrong with college either, because I went to one and my children went to them. But a vocation, a trade, if we train our children and offer them options, perhaps we'd be benefiting not only society, but benefiting who they perceive of themselves as. Because not everybody is wants to go to college. And I'm not going to say college material, because that's not true. If you can read, you can graduate. But I'm saying college material and trade schools, we would have such a booming economy because there's a need. We have to start building needs of the people. And well, Laverne, thank you for being my guest today. Again, we've been talking with Laverne Gore. She's a candidate for the 11th Congressional District. Her website is Laverne Gore, the number four, congress.org. Again, that's Laverne Gore the number four, congress.org. Thanks, Laverne, for being my guest today. Thanks, Chris. Take care of yourself. God. And, and again, uh, just to state that the Ohio Christian Alliance doesn't endorse any political party or candidate, but we provide this opportunity for informational purposes. Hang with us. We're going to talk with Linda Harvey of Mission America. We're going to be talking about some of the leftist propaganda in Ohio schools and how to combat it. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.